Good evening, good evening, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We are truly thankful to be back on tonight for another episode of For Such a Time as This, The Time Is Now. Due to some scheduling conflicts, we were not able to be with us on this past Tuesday. But we are here on tonight. Amen. Glory to God. We thank God for yet another day of life, health, and strength. We thank him that as far as we know and up until this point, all is well with us. All of our families are doing fine. We can't complain about anything. God has been good to us. And we hope and pray that God has been good to you as well. Um, Have here with us Reverend John Mason. Uh, Brother Sam is getting ready to join us. I am Reverend G. Lewis Tillman. We are the ministry of For Such a Time as This. We come together on Tuesday nights generally to just share a word that we feel the Lord has led us to share with those of us that, those of you that join in with us. And again, we are thankful for each and every person that joins in, that watches us. We're thankful for you taking time out of your busy schedule to spend a little time with us on tonight we want to continue what we started last tuesday night um the topic perilous times are upon us from second timothy chapter number second timothy chapter number three and there's brother sam he's with us on tonight second timothy chapter number three verses one through five so we're not going to delay we're going to ask reverend mason if he will to lead us in a word of prayer and we will seek to see what god has to say through what he's already said in his word on tonight reverend mason if you will father we come before you right now in the name of jesus we want to first of all say thank you thank you god for so many things that you have bestowed upon us, Father. Yes, Lord. Most of all, thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for waking us up this morning, letting us see another day, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for another podcast, another episode, Lord, for such a time as this, Father. Yes, Lord. Truly, Lord, the Word of God is needed in these day and times. And Father, we thank you because you've given us the privilege, Father, just to yes. share and expound on your word. Thank Father, you, we thank you tonight, and we ask that your Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth tonight, because we yes. know that the truth will set you free, Father. And so, Father, we just thank you for everything tonight that's going to be said and done. We thank you for the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding that we will get tonight. Father, we even thank you for the illumination of your holy spirit that's going to take place in many of the listeners lives tonight and father it would be something and we pray that we've said something lord after everything is over with that will help someone to recognize that without you they can do nothing yes lord. father we ask most of all that somebody be saved tonight through in your spoken words Jesus. lord and father we know that heaven will rejoice over that happening so we yes sir thank you for what you're gonna do we praise you you in advance because we believe it's already happened and father we just want to thank you for it we ask you for it and we thank you for it right now in jesus mighty name we pray jesus amen 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 again amen amen again amen again we are grateful to be back with you on another live edition of for such a time as this 
God bless you. May heaven smile upon you on tonight. Last week, um, we got into this topic of perilous times are upon us. Um, We talked about several things from the way this world is to the way things are going to how it just doesn't look like it's going to get any better. And we're just grateful that through all that we're going through, God is keeping us. And so on tonight, we want to pick up and continue on with what we started last week. Um, We are living in some terrible times. We're living in a time where sometimes it's just like hard to believe that some of the stuff that's going on is actually going on. We're living in a time where people have pretty much just rejected the church and have just fallen into whatever they want to do. They they do what they want to do. They say what they want to do. They live how they want to live and you can't tell people anything nowadays. But there's going to come a reckoning day one time. And that reckoning day you're going to find out that the way that you wanted to live or the way you thought was okay for you to live, excuse me, was not what God wanted done. Hatred is running rampant. Moral decrepancy is at an all-time high. Um, Man... I think it was the book of Judges, and I hate to say I think, but there came a time in Judges where it said men did what was right in their own eyes. Excuse me. I heard somebody say that the Bible did say that as it was in the days of Noah, that men were doing what they wanted to do, and they said that you can look and you can see that some of the same thing is going on that was going on in the days of Noah is going on now. And Reverend Mason we was talking earlier about how years and years ago, people wrote that these things would be taking place. And Brother Sam, now these very things are taking place that these perilous times are upon us, that men, women, boys, and girls don't want to hear or don't want to talk about Jesus. You can mention Elijah Muhammad, but you you can talk about God, but but just don't say Jesus, basically. You can, it's all right to talk about Elijah Muhammad, but don't, don't talk about Jesus. It's all right to talk about Shindu and Hindu and Buddha Confucius, but don't mention the name of Jesus. Say God, but don't mention Jesus. You, you can say 
Mm, Lord have mercy. You can say Christmas, but they fail to understand you can't have Christmas without Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. So now they want to take Christ out of Christmas. Fellas, we are living in some, and that word perilous means difficult, hard times right now. Food. Thankfully, the price of gas has come down somewhat. Because <laughs> one time gas was at the point where people were trying to decide whether to put gas in their car or buy food. Things have gotten rough, you guys, and things are getting rougher. And some people tend to think that this world is going to get better. Newsflash. This world is not getting any better, Reverend Mason and Brother Sam. Some of our experiences in life may get better. But this world is not getting any better. Go ahead, my brothers. I am, and I, people may think I'm crazy right now. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad of these perilous times. I'm, I'm just gonna tell you that now. Um, and I say that because it's a wake-up call. And, and, and the thing about it is, I know. Who God is, and in order for uh, something to really happen, it has to get your attention, and it has to get your attention in a way that, like you said, perilous. If you man, those things that make it, it sounds like you know there's something going on, and it needs to be, because number one, even as Christians, we need to be woke up right now. If you if you if you're walking in in a as a zombie or you're sleepwalking Christian, you need to be woke up right now because that's what we need at the forefront. You just said it yourself. We sitting here and you can talk about everything else but 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 God and, and being a Christian, but we need perilous time because God and he made it that way because the faith in him needs to be restored. He tests the faith through these perilous times, through the trials and the tribulation. That's when your faith comes to show who's really in control he's always in control even though things look bad even though gas is so high you know still we know who's in control and I, I, these perilous times make you really get into the word of god and it makes you truly understand who he is because man even these words even what's going on around us man he already knew he knows what's going on but it's an attention getter it's something to make you think about everything that's truly going on and not who can who get the president can't resolve it all the senate can't but man that's only one man that's god and over the generation after generation you've seen it it's been perilous times man in the, in the word but if you don't get the words you'll never have the knowledge and understanding of those perilous times because he said there's nothing new under the sun what we going through has already been going through before people already been through these trials worse than what we the famines we still got food on the table that's why they don't worry about it they haven't got perilous enough 
it hasn't gotten to the point they really need to get down on their knees and humble themselves and say that this is perilous time. I don't have but a pee on the plate. I don't have nothing to eat in my refrigerator. We need to get to those times for some people in order to really recognize and understand what the word is saying right here, the perilous times upon us. We haven't even gotten there yet, Professor. These perilous times that they're speaking about right here, we haven't gotten there yet. People hadn't got the true understanding of the perilous times yet. But it rest assured is coming. I agree, Brother Sam, with, uh, with everything you said there. Uh, one of the things that uh, I was looking at was uh, uh, I, I like that word perilous. Uh, when, when, you, when we look at the translation of it, it talks about uh, troubles and, and the difficulties and the um, stressful situations you know Paul he, he, he's he's trying to paint a picture here of what's coming and and, and he, he couldn't use the better word than perilous uh, because these are the type of times here uh, that people will sort of get to their wits ends and then they'll begin uh, to start looking up. See, w one of the things I've learned in life is that uh, most people, they have to get down so far the way they can't go down no further to where they don't have any other choice but to look up. And when you look at these perilous times that are coming up on us, these are going to be uh, the situations in people's lives that's going to bring them to a uh, uh, an understanding of who Jesus Christ is, and and is in because you, you think about it, most time in in hard times is the times where people don't have any other choice but to accept Christ as Lord and Savior to to call upon the name of the Lord or to pray themselves or either ask somebody else to pray for them, and and I, I like how Paul does this. He he describes these perilous times. Uh, when, when you look at classical Greek, he describes it as like dangerous wild animals. Uh, or the definition when you look at a, a raging sea and how, uh, how dangerous it is. Um, I, I, I like that because he's, he's trying to get uh, Timothy ready. And, and, and what I like about this uh, when, when Paul is, is basically talking about these perilous times he's not really talking about times but he's actually talking about uh, bad people even though it's bad times <laughs> it's bad times but it's bad people uh, and, and that's, that's one of the things is, is that we, we should look at how how uh, how hard these times are going to be and how dangerous these times are going to be uh, that, that Paul is talking about. You know, we uh, he's not basically talking about war and 
famine and stuff like that but uh, he's talking about all these other things that basically uh, is characteristic of people we have bad people so when you have bad people they actually make it bad times you know I often said this that uh, this world would be a probably a great world to live in if it wasn't for man that's our problem is man always has been professor our world as you said per se we're, we're blessed to be on this world we're blessed to be we're blessed to be alive but God has this plan from mankind and he has this time in which things are set to <clears throat> excuse me take place and things are taking place because it's time for these things to take place and I understand what brother Sam was saying when he said he's happy that perilous times are upon us so that people can pretty much get the wake-up call. Some people still aren't getting the wake-up call. Some people are just still in the midst of enjoying life, doing what they want to do, doing like the Bible said, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. And one day, excuse me, one day, and unfortunately for a lot of people, it's going to be too late for some people to see that what they felt was right or what they thought was right or what they were told was right actually was not right. One day it's going to be too late to see all that. One day it's going to be too late to see that you, this is not your world. You can't live it the way you want to. You can't just do any kind of thing. This this is not your life. This is God's word. I mean world. And this is and since it's his world, it has to be done the way he wants things done. That's one of the biggest problems with mankind, Christians, non-Christians alike, is that too often we want to do it our way until we see, we realize, or we get in trouble trying to do it our way. Then we fall back on God and we, we try to do it His way. This world, people need to understand, is not our home. I don't know how many times I've said it, Reverend Mason, Brother Sam, but one day we're going to leave this place. Yes, sir. sir. One day we got to clock out of here. And I, I, I can't remember it verbatim, but I ran across this thing that said, being that there's a highway to hell and a stairway to heaven, that's indicative of the amount of people going to hell. That There's a highway to hell, to hell, but just a stairway to heaven. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. A lot of people on that broad way right now. 
And if you can't see, and, and a lot of people can't see because of the prince of this world, we know that the devil has blinded the minds of people. But if you don't open up your eyes and see that time is winding up, it, it, it's going to be sad. We we did that series on hell, don't go there, and we didn't know how long it lasted, but it lasted, I think it was four weeks. And in those four weeks, we cried, and we cried out to people, please don't go to hell. But it does not matter how much we cry, some people are going to ignore the cry and still go there. But once they end there, end up there, they're going to forever cry. They're going to see that then all this that we talked about and other people have talked about was true. We are living in the last days. Paul told Timothy, let me just go ahead and read this and we'll go ahead and get into this. Second Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse, he's verse 1, he said, This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Mm. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than God. And look at this fifth verse, verse, having a form of godly, my mind, but denying the power thereof. And he told Timothy, from such turn away. <laughs> He told Timothy, just like we telling people, and, and Brother Sam, not only are perilous times coming, but some perilous times are here. We're, we're in the midst of some perilous times right now. Some difficult, hard times that a lot of people want to give up. A lot of people want to give in. Um, I don't know what the man's reasoning was, but... Um, <clears throat> Was it the CEO of what Bed Bath Body and Beyond jumped from his what 18 story window and killed himself? Perilous times can cause pressure on you. And if you don't handle pressure, pressure will handle you. We got wars going on, we got rumors of wars, <clears throat> uh, earthquakes. Hurricanes forming out in the oceans and stuff now. When are people going to get it, guys? That this, that God is not the owner of Burger King. I mean, he is because everything belongs to him. But God does not have a Burger King mentality when it comes to our salvation. And by Burger King, I mean a have it your way type of mentality. When will people get that, Mason? Well, for some people, they'll tell you, well, I believe that when I see that. If they haven't seen it, then they, they're not going to believe it. Uh, it. It will take an act of God to 
basically to open the eyes of men uh, and women. The uh, Bible tells us that Satan has blinded us. Uh, those of us who haven't accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, we're blind. And so until uh, they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and and accept what's what was done on the cross for our sins, uh, they're going to always be blind. And they're going to always reject uh, the Bible. They're going to always reject uh, the gospel, which is the good news, and and there's 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 no other way, unless their eyes are open. That's the only way they're going to be able to see uh, what's going on. And, and and unfortunately, one of the sad things is is that people really do believe that things are going to get better. They really believe that, uh, but the Bible teaches us that. Things are not going to get better, you know. We're 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 leading up to the climax of the last days. That's why the Bible still distinctively says uh, we're living in the last days, and we know basically the last days begin uh, on the day of Pentecost when the when the church was birthed. Uh, and you think about these last days. Uh, why would he even call them? the last days because there's a countdown you know we're, we're living and in, in people live like there's a counter up you know like okay well you know better days are coming we used to even sing the song better days are coming by and by you know yeah they're coming once Jesus Christ comes back and sets his kingdom up and, and we live in a new in the new heavens and the new earth that's the only time things are going to get better now. We're going to have some, as you stated last week, we're going to have some times to where, uh, and some people would say good days and bad days, but, you know, we know that there are no bad days. It's just bad things that happen in those days uh, that makes them bad because every day that God made, he said it was good. So there's no bad days, but there's going to be times when good things happen throughout your day. And there's going to be times when bad things happen throughout your day. So we're, we're going to have still those things that happen in our life, the different events that are going to be good sometimes. And sometimes they're going to be bad. But when you look at the overall spectrum of where this world is going and with everything that's happening in this world, what you see is that it's going to get worse and worse. He even talks about the love of men, you know, where we, we're going to grow and we're going to get worse and worse. And you can see that. Look how people treat each other. Look at the road rage and and, and look at everything that's going on with the mass shootings and, and all of that. When you look back, if we look hindsight and look back, you didn't see all this stuff going on uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago or more. You've seen it escalate over the last uh, few years now to where it's, it's, it's so dangerous now. We got people walking around on pins and needles because they scared to leave home and, and go to work. Scared to leave home and go to the grocery store or, or muscle. We used to think the safest place was in the church house, but now we got right. people that scared, you know, <laughs> afraid to go to the church. You're right. Because they don't know what's going to happen. So 
we're actually living in the last days. And, and when we begin to look more into this, this chapter with the first few verses here, you're going to see that where we are right now is exactly what he describes. And then you continue to see it escalating. All you got to do is turn the news on. Turn on the news and you'll see what's going on. Uh, get your newspaper out and look at your daily headlines of, of what's actually happening in different places around the world. Uh, I, I, tell you, I think that social media only shows us what they want us to know. And they actually don't show you everything that's actually happening. Because more than likely if they did that, it would probably be some type of worldwide panic of every single solitary thing that's actually happening right now. But by us knowing what the Word of God says, we're living in those last days, you can be sure that there are some things that are happening that we don't know about that would give you the assurance that we are living in those days right now. Brother Sam. I, I think I might jump to the end. What what, what struck me the, the most is when you said, and I'm going all the way to the end because the end is going to hit some things for me. <clears throat> And and in verse five, you said having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. The, one of the biggest things, and I think, and this is my thought, you know, everybody has a thought, their own mindset. It's the Christian itself, because it, it, it states here, man, Paul says the form and, and, and appearance of godliness is what we're looking at, includes going to church and, and knowing the scripture and, and the word and and being part of it. But then at the same time, your inner attitude and belief, are, you know, you're, you're not matching up with what, what God is saying because you're empty. You're just going through the motions. And that's going to be the one of the things I feel that's going to that's that's leading people in such a this perilous times is the teachings. You have to be very mindful of the word that you're getting and and the words you're receiving from the the people who are giving you that word. You have to have your own knowledge of the word. You have to have your own Bible dictionary. You have to have those things in place to have a good understanding of the word and what God's word says, because if you don't, then you'll be led astray. Then you'll be sitting here, man, with the lack, lack of lack of knowledge of what God says, because now you have Christians that go into the church, but at the same time, they're just there for a show. Therefore, the show and the fashion of who has on the best hat, who has on those pretty shiny shoes. Well, what does sister have on? What did brother so-and-so do today? Well, who said what? What the pastor said? And at the end of the day, when they walk out, didn't get anything from it at all. All you did was see, well, who had, did I look better than sister such and such today? Man, we, we have to understand that we have to have that that godliness you have to deny self as well when you go into that church you go in there for one thing man you we come in there to worship god and to fellowship with one another it don't matter what the next person have on they could have on some holy pants and holes and torn up shoes it really doesn't matter it doesn't matter because these times man you shouldn't be looking at what the next person you should be looking at trying to help save some souls because that's what it all boils down to in the last day. If you just go in there as Christians to, to, to have that fashion show, man, you're missing it. You'll get caught up in the world. 
And that's what happens sometimes. Man. You're not going to the church for all the right reasons. You're not going there to serve for the purpose that God meant for you to go there for. Therefore, you're missing the whole thing. You're missing out on what's going on. I like the synonyms of, of perilous because you said a lot of it is dangerous, hazardous, risky. So that means you're risking your soul salvation right now in these perilous times. The man jumped off the building because guess what? The money that he had is gone. So what else am I living for? If I don't have my money, what am I living for? I worked all my life, but didn't put God in. I struggled and I scraped. And I, in those times when you were broken, you didn't have nothing on the table. Who provided for you? They're missing the whole mark right now. He provided for you when you thought you didn't have anything. He still gave you something. And now when you get to where you're at, you can't give back to the ones you look down on the ones that, 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 that don't have. But you can help them out. That's why they jump off buildings. Because the love of money is there. They love the pleasures of what the money can give them instead of loving the one who allowed them to get it. They forgetting the one in the, the main person who allowed you to get to where you're at today is God. You loving the pleasures of everything else, but your love for God is at the very bottom when it should be at the very top of everything that you do. That's why. That's why the perilous times, will, it, it'll get a lot of people will get caught up in it because they're not understanding who the creator is. Appreciate you, Brother Sam. So let's go ahead on and jump into these things. And I think, Mason, we left off last time and disobedient to parents or unthankful, unholy, one of those areas. Paul says in these last days, and, and one of the things that got me and Brother Sam, I want to run back to the first verse, is that he said, shall come it's not a possibility it's not a, a belief you know I think it's not I think it's a definite fact they're here and they're coming perilous times these hazardous harsh fierce difficult times shall come we We've never seen anything like what we've dealt with over the past, what, two and a half years yeah. with this COVID thing. Never seen gas this high on our end. Never seen food prices like they are. Never seen commodities just stuck out on the ocean because don't have nobody to unpack or offload the, the ships and things of that nature never seen it some people have never seen it so hard in their life and when people start taking their own lives because of what they had had they don't have anymore that that's a bad thing but Paul says as we get into these perilous times and what he's doing is he's warning Timothy who is a preacher in these times what he has to combat against because in Sam, you said something about people need to be careful about the teaching that they're getting 
Oh man, that is so true. And a lot of people don't know whether the teaching that they're getting is right or not because they won't do what's needed to be done and study and spend time in the Word for themselves to validate the validity of what they're hearing. And during these times, one thing that's causing perilous time is a lack of the Word being preached. A lack of understanding, or rather, one thing I think believe that's leading to people not recognizing some of the perilous times is because of all the messages and things that are being preached today. I won't get about all this, get into all the sermons that are going on right now. But yes, you preach the whole road, but you better make sure you're preaching Christ and His return too. You better tell people that He died. He came, he lived, he died, and he's coming back. That, that, the message of the cross. He came, he lived, he was a pioneer, he showed us what we needed to do. He died, he got up, he's sitting in heaven on the right hand of God right now. He's interceding on our behalf, and one day he's coming back. But right now, we're in the midst of those days that Paul said shall come. We're in the midst of that time, Reverend Mason, to where we see these attributes of people. We see exactly what he said would happen. We we see how people now are just lovers of themselves, which is a narcissistic mentality covetous that's greed finances people do everything anything over money people sell their souls they sell their bodies they sell their minds they sell their vision they, they, they sell out for money they are boasters and proud they, they boasters and, and as we said last time Mason I can take a sense of pride in knowing that I belong to Christ, but I can't be prideful about that because I didn't do anything. I'm just a recipient of him dying for me, me accepting what he did for me. And people that are boastful means they speak pridefully and arrogant people are just prideful people. So we, we've got those people that are prideful and they're arrogant and it's all about them. And as we said also, it, it amazes us how, <clears throat> or it, it kind of hit us how everything kind of builds off of the first one, where he said there will be lovers of self. Who, who are people lifting up nowadays? A lot of people not on here like we are lifting up the name of Jesus. They're lifting up their name. They're lifting up what they do, lifting up what they have lifting up what they've helped to do or helped to start. A lot of people are not, you know, giving God glory. A lot of people, it's about them and what they've done. And we even touched on this last week, Mason, how you say, people say they are self-made millionaires. Hmm. But you can stop right there because you didn't even make yourself, much less me, the millions you made, because the Bible tells us it is God that gives us the power to get wealth. True. 
So how in the world can you be a self-made millionaire when you didn't make yourself? God allowed your mother and your father to come together and create you. But it was God that gave you life. People love themselves. It's all about me, myself, and I. It's all about what I did, what I can do, what I'm going to do. And they forget what Acts says, Luke says over in Acts, in him we live, we move, we have our beings. It's true. They're, they're lovers of self. They're proud. They're, they're covetous. They're proud and arrogant. They, 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 they are, oh my God, say they blasphemers. They speak evil of us. And there's one thing you need to make sure you never blaspheme. That is the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Make sure you never blaspheme because that's the one thing that you will not be forgiven by. Speaking against the Holy Ghost. And then he goes on and he says they are disobedient to parents. Whew. Our children. My God today. Our children. And it's not all of them. It's not all of them. Cause we got we there are some good children out there, you guys. There are some children that never cause their parents a problem. There are some children that do what they're told. They are mannerable. They're well raised. They're respectful. But Lord knows, flip that record over. There are some that'll cuss you out. <clears throat> that'll tell you what they are and what they ain't gonna do. There are some that run their parents. They tell the parents what to do. Mm -hmm. But there are some that are, like I said, it's not all of them. But our children, they are unthankful how, and, and oftentimes it is a single mother nowadays who's raising the children. Some of them disrespect the mother. They're not taught the word. They're not in church. We talk about this, and we even did a podcast with a young man. We hope to have him back with some of his friends. But we talked about how do we get our children back in church? How do we get our children to honor the name of Jesus and to accept him as Lord and Savior? <clears throat> a lot, of, excuse me, a lot of our children are just lost right because they have no guidance, they have no direction, they have no one leading them in the right they are unthankful to their parents and the Bible, I mean they're disobedient to their parents and then we got some people that are just unthankful people that don't tell God thank you for anything <clears throat> people that get up and go throughout the day and not one time do they say Lord I thank you for waking me up Lord I thank you that you watched over me last night I thank you that my family's okay I thank you for this job that I go to thank you for the and some people call them just daily blessings or mediocre blessings. God I'm thankful because you don't have to do what you do for me you don't have to bless me I don't have to be in my right mind I don't have to have a job to go to but because of God I have what I have and Lord knows we know there are some people who are unholy. Some people who don't 
have God nowhere in their thoughts. Some people that are living like Proverbs 16 and 25 said that that way that seems right to a man. But one day, these folks that don't honor him now, they're going to honor him one day and it's going to be too late. Go ahead, Mason. It's true. <clears throat> Excuse me. No, I, I agree. I agree 100%. You know, I, I, I think too, uh, you know, we have Paul talking here uh, with Timothy. I think one of the things that we should all pay close attention to is to make sure that we don't fall into any of these categories that Paul is talking about. You know, even as Christians, you know, we, and he says men, but he also means that we, we could fall into those same categories too. be a, a lovers of our own selves and and uh, blasphemers and and proud and boasters you know we we could we, we're still capable of doing that ourselves so we we have to be careful i remember one time jesus uh over in the book of matthew uh, i think it was chapter 16 uh he he rebuked religious leaders at one time because uh they did not and they, and they would not basically understand uh, the meaning of the times they were actually living in. And so Paul, as you said before, warning Timothy, he wants him to be aware uh, of these times here. Uh, and, and Jesus went so far as when he was talking to the leaders because he knew that the leaders had such a powerful influence on the people. And, and you know, and, and, and you said it earlier, uh, we have to be careful what's being taught. Uh, if you have people that are so much into their pastors, you know, it's, it's a, I just love my pastor, you know, and, and basically whatever the pastors say, you know, they're okay with it. You know, you hear thousands of amens every, every Sunday of people who are saying amen to something that they don't understand but it's because it sounds good, it sounds godly, and it's coming from a pastor, it must be true. You know, you have to be careful about that. And, and that's one of the reasons why Jesus get, got on those religious leaders, because he was warning them, too, that be aware of what's going on so you make sure that you are not part of what's going on. Because we have to stay clear of that kind of stuff. And he actually called them he actually called them hypocrites back then uh, and he gave an example he said he said you know how to discern the face of the sky when you look up in the sky you're able to tell whether it's cloudy or whether the sun is shining or the moon is out you, you're able to discern whether or not you know the storm is coming or whatever he said you're able to discern the face of the sky but you you can't even concern or can't even basically discern the signs of the times. He said, here you're living in the last days right now and you don't even recognize it's the last days. Listen, When you listen to preachers whether it's online or whether it's uh, at church on Sunday, how many of them are actually talking about the last days now? What type of messages are, messages are you hearing today that's warning people? telling them to beware, telling them to get ready 
tell them how serious things are right now and that we're actually living in the last days. We're actually living in these perilous times right now. Or all you hearing about the blessings of God? Are you hearing about the breakthroughs of God? God's got a new revelation for you. God's going to take you to the next level, wherever that is. Uh, he's going to take you to the next level. And then when you get to the next level, uh, how do you know that's where you're supposed to be at that level? And then how many more levels you need to get to before you at the level that he wants you to be? How, how can you track the levels? You know, if you see that that's the... <laughs> It, it doesn't matter. God is going to do whatever he has to do with us. But one of the things he wants us to do is be busy about our father's business. The same way he did when he first came down here, he set the example. He told everybody, say, I must be about my father's business. And he set the example. He patterned it for what we should be doing when he left. And that's what we should be doing. We've gotten off course. We've gotten off track. We're doing everything but what he called us to do in these last days. Right. He came only to seek and to save those which was lost. What are we doing? Are we doing that? We're living in the last days. We, we've got to change our whole perspective and do what God called us to do as his Christian people. Because we're going to be held accountable for that. Brother Sam? I agree. I agree. And I, I'm going to get back on my soapbox because you already started it off. And, and it starts with the Christian. You said it. You said it yourself. All of these things that Paul listed here, man. Even Christians get caught up in it. True. And, and you said it. And that's what it is. When, when you when you're not doing the things when you're doing things of pleasure, it's easy. It comes easy because now you're pleasing everything that that's not of God. But when it comes down to loving God, it requires some sacrifice. It requires giving up some things. It requires giving away some things sometimes. It's kind of like the rich man. When, and, and, you know, it's when you it may have been this man. And that's just my way of thinking. God may have already forewarned this man with all this money to say, I need you to go out and do this. But he said, you know, I'm still living for me because I'm pleasing me. I have all these millions and billions of dollars. I don't have time for that right now. Okay, then. Well, I'm going to take a little something away from you. And when you begin to take away those things and still don't heed the messages, start changing things. But when it's all gone, you're ready to toss it and throw in the towel. I give up. Not saying I give up, I submit to you, Lord. I give up because this life isn't worth living. And that's what happens sometimes. Even Christians do it. You say, I love my pastor. I do anything for him. Now, y'all got to give this money to the pastor. It's pastor appreciation day. Now, you got to get, I don't, you need to go in your pocket and get $100. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know if I got two dollars. I'm I just got here on 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 gas fumes just to get to the church because I know I had a blessing here. But here you're gonna turn around and tell me I need to give up this because I need to get to the pastor to do this. That that's what run people away from the church. That's why the Christian can't survive. The true Christian because you want him to do all these things, but at the same time, I'm only pleasing the man. I came here to serve God. 
that's where it all begins at. <clears throat> this, uh, and I like it how because it, it says here, and this is said, pleasure has a narcotic effect. Now, a narcotic is something that makes you get, you know, sometimes we're going to surgery, they might give you something to put you to sleep because you're about to have an operation. It's a narcotic, make you feel some kind of way. But pleasure is a narcotic. Sometimes it makes you feel real, 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 real good all the time. Satan got you with his narcotic. So now the pleasure principle, as you say, Dr. Mason, you're caught up in the pleasure principle now. And it's taking over your life and you're pleasing everything but God. It said it's like a narcotic. It takes our minds off ourselves and our problems. Like an addict does. Now, I want to be an addict. I'm high off Christ. If that's what it's going to take. Because that narcotic I don't need. But then at the same time, the love of God reminds us of our needs. Our responsibilities. The things that we're supposed to be taking care of. And the thing about it is the church is just a church. That's all it is, is a building. Are we doing as Christians what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to be in the hedges and highways. God said that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. All we have to do is go out there and ask somebody. When the last time somebody came up to you, not knowing that you, you know, they do God, hey, do you go to church? We're always out there. We're supposed to be doing that. Regardless of how we're going to be rejected, it doesn't really matter. In these difficult times, you're going to be rejected. We're going to be rejected as Christians. But we have to be understanding that Paul's description and all these behaviors, man, that we can't get caught up in today's society. And unless we go out there to do exactly what God has told us to do, man, you said it, we're going to be held accountable for it. Sure. We must be about our father's business. We already had the example. He's already given us the, the, the road map to do it. That's why we're sitting here right now on this podcast. Hoping we're going to reach somebody, if it's just one, that listen in to save a soul or to say, okay, I'm, I'm here. We're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing at this moment, this minute, this second. Think you're on mute, Professor. Yeah, I think Professor's muted right now. Yeah, Dr. Mason, go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, you you fine. Um, I just said, just wanted to say, the only thing we're, we're looking at right now, we're just looking at the uh, uh, the human condition now, uh, which is growing worse and worse uh, every day. Uh, when a person looks at the uh, description that Paul gives, of the human condition in the next few verses. Everyone that reads that can relate to that's where we are right now. Uh, the emphasis of, of everything that you've already covered, Professor, we won't cover, we won't cover that again. Uh, but when when you look at those first, uh, first of all of those qualities that you named, uh, it's true that what we're living in right now is, is is a world where everything all of that is actually centered in self of a person you know everything is centered in the self uh one of the hardest uh people to deal with in this life uh 
is not your enemies, but it's yourself. Because self wants to be satisfied. And what they've done uh, is this world has centered everything around the person telling you how important you are telling you exactly that you deserve this and you deserve that and so they 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 put the focus around you that you are the most important person as around and and when you're centered like that to where you think that you're all of this uh all they do is just keep feeding you that feeding you that <clears throat> and so now uh when you become self-loving in a way, because uh, I, I think that's that's the term that we want to get to, uh, self-loving. Uh, when you love yourself like that, it's uh, it could cause you to do things that that you you shouldn't do. And, and Paul gives a list of it. So uh, that's that's where we are now. That's where that's where we are with this. You know, lovers of self. You know, uh, when you apply the list. <clears throat> you can see that all of that falls right in line with uh, uh, men will become lovers of their own selves. Well, why can't I then? Oh, I, I work two jobs and put myself through college. I should love myself. I, I, I've worked these jobs. Shouldn't I enjoy and love myself because I, I, I did all these things to get here? You did. You you did what? I had two, three <laughs> jobs to put myself through school, to college, to get here. Shouldn't I? You, you uh, shouldn't did. I live my best life? You you did that, right? You, you woke yourself up this morning? My alarm you, clock did. So, man made the alarm clock. Didn't man use God's stuff? See, that that's just the thing. When, when people get into this, what I did, it voids out God. You you don't do nothing of your own. You you we not just you we don't do anything of our own. Mason, I think I told the story, brother Sam. You've heard me tell it where man had gotten to the point. You know they they cloning people now, and so man decided that <clears throat> they were going to build a man from the dirt. So they got everything. They had other people's organs and stuff like this. And God watching. He's just sitting back watching. And so they scooped down to get some dirt. And God said, hold up. What you doing? They said, we're getting some dirt to make this man. God said, uh-uh, make your own dirt. So you can't do it. Everything comes from God. I heard a comedian say, we know the elements of water, but we can't make it. True. Sometimes we get beside ourselves. Sometimes we want to try to be God. Sometimes we want to try to get in the way of God. And we can't do that. Without him, I'm nothing. Without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I have nothing. So I need to be careful of this, I did this and I did that syndrome and scenario. I haven't done anything. I'm here because of God's sparing grace and mercy. 
if God, excuse me, if God hadn't looked beyond some stuff, if the Lord hadn't come and died for my sins before I even got here, them sins that you talk about, Mason, past, present, and future, had he not done that, I wouldn't be here right now, or I'd be on my way to hell, one of the two. So people who want to talk about what I did, you better back up. And now there is this big promotion, this big old thing about self-care. And and, and you, one does have to take care of themselves. One must love their self because the Bible says, love thy neighbor as thyself. But you got to have that right balance. And some people... The balance is off kilter. It leans more towards them than to God. Because if it wasn't for God, you we wouldn't be. So Paul says that some of the stuff we need that will take place, he was telling Timothy, were the things that we mentioned, but he also said without natural affection. That's no love of kindred, parents. My 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 children or no love of children for parents. Now that's a, that word means to be unsociable, inhuman, unloving. That's how people are right now. A lot of people, Bro Sam, you are blessed. And we tell you that quite frequently because you know we look at your mother like our own and she calls us her children. Reverend Mason and myself. We both lost our mothers some years ago. And we just thankful that your mother is there that we can call and talk to if we need to. And there are a lot of people right now <clears throat> that don't have a relationship with their mother or with their father. I don't care what they did or what they didn't do. You better get it right. Because if you don't, that thing will, if they leave here and you don't get that thing right, that thing will torment you the rest of your days. I, I can't imagine if my mother was here not talking to my mother, not showing my mother any kind of love. I remember some years before my mother died, <clears throat> excuse me, a friend of mine lost her mother. And she was staying with her mother because she was the only one of her siblings <clears throat> excuse me, that was not married. And so she was at the house with her mom, helping take care of her mama. And while her mom was sick, one day she said, Greg, my mama treat me so bad. About three months later, her mama died. She, I was talking to her, checking on her. She said, I wish my mama was here just to treat me bad. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that part. I don't care what they say, what they do. You better treat them right. <laughs> you only get one. And when they gone, ain't nothing like it. But Paul says they will be without natural affection. Truce breakers. Truce breakers. Mm. You know, it's hard to find folks that you can trust nowadays. The sad thing is, Proverbs tells us to trust in the Lord. 
with all of our heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Folks won't keep their word to you. He says they will be false accusers. Everybody can preach their own sermon on that one. It's true. Everybody done had to deal with somebody <clears throat> accusing them of something that they didn't do or something that they didn't say. Or And I know, I, I speak from experience. It don't it does not feel good to be lied on. It's true. Doesn't feel good to be accused of stuff that you did not do. <clears throat> Go, sir. Well, you know, Professor, we, we see a lot of the uh the uh, accusers here, the false accusers to be exact, uh, which basically is are slant slanders. We see a lot of slandering going on. Uh, especially in politics, you know, and, and men have been doing this for years anyway. Uh, you know, when you look at this, you see a lot of it in the media. You see a lot of it in, in politics, uh, how the candidates uh, come up with some type of uh, lie or it may even be the truth that a person did maybe years ago. And now 20, 30 years have went by and they dig all that up to throw into the campaign while the person is running to make him look bad. Because one thing about people's concepts and people's, uh, uh, the way we prejudge people Grandma. is that we always do it in a way without knowing the facts. You know, just when we hear something, then first thing we do is think that that's exactly the way a person is. And and one of the things that we do that's, that's, that's uh, really bad, if, if you look at, if we all talked about David right now, and uh, and you look at David's lifestyle or what David done and uh, how much he loved the Lord and the Bible say that he has a, uh, David had the heart of God. And when you look at David, the first thing people think about when you mention David his mistakes yep they think about his mistake first thing they think about David and Bathsheba that, that's what they think about number one they don't look at all of the other things that David done that was good a uh, hundred things that should stand out over the one thing of him and David I mean him and Bathsheba you know we, we don't look at it like that and so men know exactly how to bring another candidate down when it comes down to politics. You know, let, let's let's tell this quick lie on him, or let's let's dig up some old dirt that he done years ago. And the man could completely have changed. He might even be a born again Christian now. You know, did that one thing, had that one mistake years ago, and ever since then he's been living, you know, the Christian life the best way he can. But if we can slander people and falsely accuse people, uh, then, you know, that is a, a real bad way of destroying the character of a person, you know. And so we see it all the time in uh, uh, in the media, you know, in the news. And, uh, 
even in the church, you know, and, and it's bad, even worse when it goes on amongst family members. Uh, and we see all of that, you know, all of day, you know, all of this slandering going on. It's, it's a, uh, it's just the truth of the word that's just being revealed to us today. You know, you, you see it every single day and it's going to get worse than that. And that's, that's the sad thing about it. Um, but you know, those are the days that we're living in. Hmm. You, not, not politicians. You, you you didn't say nothing about politicians, right? Yeah. And, and, and you notice one thing about that. I'll say this right quick. Even when the politicians are wrong and they're falsely, falsely accusing, how many times do you see them step up and apologize for it? They don't do that. They don't do it. They're not going to do that. Let, let, let's roll on. Because, I, I, I mean, you know, uh, we, 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 one thing we don't do is we don't get political here. We'll mention it and hit it, keep going. However, <clears throat> Paul talks about, he says, without natural affection, truth makers, false accusers, incontinent. That's no self-control. It's true. But after he goes with incontinent, he says this word right here. Watch this. Fierce. Fierce means they're not able to be tamed. They're savage and they're fierce. I mean, yeah, they're savage. They're not tamed and they're brutal. fierce. Yeah, that yeah. brutal. Yeah, but but yeah. look look what came first. No self-control. So since there's no self-control, this is what results. Can't after. help but exactly. Yeah. Since they're not able to be controlled, I mean, since they don't have no self-control, they're not tameable, they're brutal. These are the people we, I think you said something, Mason, about road rage. Mm-hmm. My God. P- people are just, it's about dangerous to leave your house, and it's about even more dangerous sometimes to be in your house. It's true. This world, you just said it, Mason. Well, Sam, you may have echoed it. I'm going to say it again. This world is not getting any better, people. And the one thing everybody needs to do is to make sure you got your reservation set. And not only just reservation set, but make sure you're going to be there to check in. There's a song that they sing, I got heaven in my view. And my journey I'll pursue. Never will turn back. I got heaven in my view. Go ahead, sir. I, I was just going to say, you know, our, our, our percentage for when you look at everything that's transpiring right now uh, and you said you know with men without self-control you know they, they without self-control uh, sex uh, drugs alcohol uh, food work uh, whatever we do you see where things are just basically getting out of control uh the percentage rate uh, 
for us living now has just shortened itself. And what I mean by that, you look at most of the things that people usually die from, and and now uh, you see people leaving by those ways a whole lot more than what they used to. So your percentage rate uh, of you dying and leaving this earth has just went up. And so we, we need to be making sure that we're doing <laughs> what we're supposed to be doing because you don't know how much longer you got. And, and, and when you look at things getting that much more out of control, uh, we seem to think that uh, things that happen to people that are not saved or God's children won't happen to us because God is going to protect us. He's going to make sure that we're okay. And, uh, well, that's, that's true to a certain extent. He is going to make sure that we're okay. He is going to protect us. You know, but still, either way, you don't know what situation you're going to be in or what you're going to be doing or where you're going to be be at at the time when it comes time for you to leave here. And 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 you uh, by you not knowing exactly what time you're going to be here, you must always be ready to go. Uh, I remember I was telling you, Professor, a while back about the... Uh, the young guy that was talking to the uh, the older guy that had been a Christian for many years. You know, he was an old farmer uh, and had been around for a long time. So when the guy started talking to him, he asked him, he said, uh, uh, he said, why do you always, when I see you, you're always ready? He said, well, one thing I've learned in this life that if I stay ready then I never have to worry about getting ready that's it he said because guess what I may not have time to get ready so I'm, I'm see he was he, he was a guy that knew that he wasn't in control of anything and when you're dealing in a world with people that have no self control at all you could be a victim of them not having self-control. And so he was letting them know that anything could happen in this world at any time. And and at that time when something does happen to me, I may not have time to get ready. So he told him, he said, so I stays ready. And he, he kind of, you know, he's, he's a country guy. He said, yeah, I stays ready. You know, <laughs> but so I won't never have to worry about getting ready. <laughs> so if, if, if you stay ready, you don't have to worry about getting ready. And so when I when I heard him say that, I said, well, that makes more sense because you never know when you're going to leave it. That's just so true. So he says, incontinent, no self-control. Now watch this. To lack self-control means to lack the ability to restrain from evil or the nature of our flesh. One guy said, no one needs self-control when being controlled by the Spirit of God. <laughs> the Spirit will simply be in control. <clears throat> Psalm 
self-control is always a matter of controlling this sin nature. But when you lack self-control, it leads you to be like a um, like a wild animal. No control. Just living on instincts. And so when, when you like that, that's a dangerous place to be. You live on instincts, you're turning to one that has this mentality of brutality. It's about survival of the fittest or whenever you're brutal, you don't care nothing about people who do good. And that's one of the next things that Paul says. People will be haters of those that do good. People are always hating on people that do good. Ain't ain't that something, y'all? Just hating on people that do good. Why why would you hate someone that does good? I could see you getting mad at someone who's done something bad to give you a reason for wanting to hate or wanting to get mad and upset and want to fight and things like that. But here you're doing good. You're causing no harm. You're hurting nobody. You you're doing that person and uh, a service, or you're blessing someone. You, you're helping a person, and that's what we always, you know, we we all, we we sang the song, and it was a popular song years ago. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. That's the only thing that there's just too little of. Right, so if if a person is doing good, we we are here loving. You know, people and and, and helping in that. Why would you hate that? You know why, man. It, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the person. It has something to do with the spirit in that person. And the spirit in that person is being controlled by the devil. Because anytime you hate somebody that's doing good, that's hate is not of God. That's automatically a result or something that's empowered or pushed or caused by the devil. A lot of times people hate you because you do good. A lot of people, and and a lot of people don't know this. Some people realize that sometimes people are in competition with you and you don't even know. That's true. Sometimes people are competing with you and you have no idea about it. Sometimes people don't like you just because other people like you. Sometimes people don't like what you have. They think that you think you all of that. He think he all of that. They never said I was all that. I am what the Lord says I am. Look at him. Think he got it going on. I ain't got it going on. I got it to where God allows me to go with it. Yeah, I heard but one I, time. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, sir. I heard a comedian say one time, we need haters. Because haters need verify that we're doing exactly what we need to be doing. The hater is the one that puts that stamp of approval on that we're doing exactly what we need to do. Not that we need haters because we don't. I think it's just even as we love through that hate because that's what it requires. But at the same time, man, we... we 
it's funny because I used to think of that, you know, and I didn't say it to him, but it's verification that you know what I'm doing. I must be doing something right. Because what I'm doing is you're hating upon nothing that I've done. Because now you said it, Pastor. Hey, I'm just I'm just walking in what God has already given. You're not bag, bragging or boasting on it. That's true. That's true, Brother Sam. So if you if you got self control, then you won't you won't have to worry about being brutal with you or, or fierce, and you won't have to worry about uh, trying to hurt somebody that's that's doing good. Uh, so the only way you get self-control, I think uh, self-control is one of the uh, fruit of the spirit. Uh, it, 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 when, you, when you look at temperance, uh, which is one of those nine attributes of the fruit of the spirit, it's self-control. And so if, if you don't have that, then you, you are liable to hate someone that's good so so basically in order to really uh love someone or treat someone right that's doing good you have to be basically from from what paul is saying here you, you have to be a changed person in order to do that if you can't do that then that means what that means that you're not a changed person that's because the only way you you and that's the thing that 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 really throws me for a loop. I'm like, you are doing good, and and it brings me back to Jesus when he talked <laughs> to the disciples. <laughs> when he said, "They're gonna hate you because they hated me." Yeah, exactly. And so that's one of the reasons when you are trying to act and be like Jesus by doing good, you can expect to be hated by someone if someone is a hater of you and it says haters of those that do good <clears throat> that means they're your enemy at that time because there was a time whether we want to acknowledge it or not that before we came to God the Bible tells us that we were at enmity with God we hated God we were his enemies and so if there's somebody, and I don't really want to push this here, but it's, you'll see, if somebody is our hater, then that means they're our enemies. Right. God said, I'll make your enemies your footstool. So Brother Sam, you're right. Uh, a footstool is used to help you get to something that you can't get to. So your haters may actually help you. How they gonna help me? You're gonna pray more sometimes. You're gonna call on God more. You're gonna step out the way and let him have it more. So so we yeah, we do need our haters because God says they're there for a purpose. But at the same time we have haters, we're supposed to be praying for them too, because they don't understand what they're doing. Exactly. Yes, sir haters of them that do good and here's the thing too the only reason we'll do good is because God put it in us to do of and of, in and of ourselves we don't do good we don't know how to do good so if we're doing anything good it's because God has put that in us to do 
And if he's put something in us to do, then no hater, no devil can stop us from doing what God wants us to do. Go ahead, Mason. And you gave that example of the footstool. I I, I like that. Uh, couldn't we use? Couldn't we do what now? You you went mute on us. Uh, footstool. Uh-huh. I say, couldn't we use that as a twofold meaning now? And what I mean by that. We say we stand on the footstool to reach up, right? Uh-huh. All right. But we also use the footstool to stand on. He said, I make your enemies your footstool. Your footstool. So that footstool could use be used to reach up uh, the God or look up the God and then stand on and make your enemies your footstool. Either way, they still help you. <laughs> <laughs> they still help you. Exactly. So, don't be praying, Lord, remove my enemies. Your enemies keep you praying. Yes, they do. Sometimes they keep you, enemies, you on your toes. Now they keep you on your knees, too. <laughs> well, that, too. Yeah. <laughs> keep you having a conversation. Let's go ahead and go tie this thing up. He said, uh, have no traitors, heady, high-minded, and we're just going to go through this because we need to go on and wrap this up. Traitors, heady, high-minded, we went arrogant stuff again. Lovers, here we go, Brother Sam, where you were. Lovers of pleasure, <clears throat> more than of God. Lovers of pleasure more than of God. Let me say that again. Lovers of pleasure more than of God. Somebody that's a traitor is a betrayer. But they're going to love pleasure more than they love God. Hmm. Mm, people that are heady are reckless. Mm. Mm. Lovers of pleasure more than of God. Mm. Y'all hear that? Y- y'all hear that? Mm-hmm. Ain't that where this world is at now? High-minded is just pride and conceit. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Isn't that where this world is now? That's it. It's all about pleasing self. Fulfilling self. Fulfilling self-desires. Self. What did Jesus say? If Do any not. man come after me, yes. the first thing you got to do is tell self, me and you got to go our separate ways. Self will tell you, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I've been with you this time long. All this I'm, time? I'm staying with you. <laughs> we done went through all this? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. You think you're going to get rid of me like this? 
Seth is a stalker. <laughs> Seth is obsessed with you. You and Seth had some good times back in the day before Christ. You and Seth used to have it going on. Self is a fatal attraction. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Just that had to lead yourself up to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> Self is a fatal attraction. And that's literal. We, I know we laugh at it, but that's literal. Well, I agree. Self ain't trying to let you go. No. That's why you can be praying. And some ungodly things come through your mind. You be studying your words and self will remind you, hey, or your phone will ring and you better not answer. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're going to talk about the the struggle is real, brother Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. When I so would true. do good, <clears throat> evil mm, is evil present is with you. Yes. The good that I wouldn't do, I do. The evil that I would not do, that's what I... But that's next week. But self, <laughs> self-revelation, that joker will lead you, if if you follow, mm. it'll lead you into destruction. Yes, it will. And right now, a lot of people are falling into destruction because self is in control. Mm-hmm. Self will leave you by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Find yourself by yourself. You know, when you think about denying yourself, because this this the whole lesson is 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 basically foundational about self. Everything that we've covered tonight has to do with self. It started with, with self. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We, we, and look we, how it ends. It's going to end with self. Exactly. Lovers of self more than God. <laughs> so we're, we're sort of self-absorbed, so to oh, speak. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's where we are. Uh, so the hardest thing, and Jesus knew it, that's why he said that. He said, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to set your sights on me, if you're going to follow me, and 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 do what I'm asking you to do. I know that self is going to be your biggest problem. It's not going to be the devil, even though he is a problem sometimes. It's not going to be him. It's not going to be uh, your family members. It's not going to be your friends and your associates. But the biggest struggle that you're going to have when it comes down to following me and doing what I've asked you to do is you're going to have to get self out of the way. And I, I remember, I mean, I was telling you a story, uh, Professor, and I might have told you, Brother Sam, about uh, a gentleman who was my best friend before he passed away. And we hadn't seen each other in years, and when we finally did see each other, we got to talking about what he had been doing over the last few years and uh, didn't know that he was strung out there. You know, he had got hooked on drugs and cocaine and everything, and uh, and when we talked, one of the things that he brought up was so powerful, and, and I never forgot it. He said, he called me Mace. He said, Mace, you know what? He said, the biggest thing that I had to go through or the biggest thing 
that happened to me. He said, the Lord had to save me from myself. From myself. He said the Lord had to save him from himself. Now, if we love ourselves, we don't want to hurt ourselves. We don't want to do anything harmful to ourselves because we love self. But he told me that Lord had to save him from himself. Because he knew that self was a fatal attraction. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it was about to be fatal to him too because he was headed down the death death row. And that's where he was people, headed. Brother Sam, you said this and I have not forgotten it. When you come to the end of self, you can come to the beginning of God. Yes. That's powerful right there. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. Only when then. you come to the end of self, you can come to the beginning of God. It's true. And when you come to the beginning of God, <clears throat> that's when you start your journey with God. Yes. But only when you come to the end of yourself. He said they are lovers of pleasure more than no lovers of pleasures more than God. And he wraps it up by saying having a form of godliness, form an outward appearance, an outward manifestation of God, but denying the power thereof. Mm. These are things that Paul, and Paul said this right here. He told Timothy, from such, turn away. I'm going to leave verse 6 alone because I get in trouble. Because it says some stuff. You read it for yourself and deduce whatever it says. I'm going to leave it alone. We ain't going to touch it, Mason. <laughs> <laughs> no, hold we get ready to do what we we starting tonight called the 60 second wrap up brother sam 60 seconds go i would say that as as paul described these attributes man and he listed them i would say to take a look at yourself and if any of these you fall upon these attributes you need to really check yourself and deny these things man and it's and, and i would say it's not it's not easy sometimes man because you said self has been with you for so long and that last thing you said hit me with power it said denying the power thereof man when things have power when you flip that light switch that's power there's some powerful things in the world and self is powerful and to deny self is sometimes hard and, and i'm gonna be honest with you self's gonna fail sometimes that's next week bro sir. oh my bad okay now but <laughs> <laughs> i would say to my people just <laughs> <laughs> please look at these appearances and the guidelines of it all and and know that you know there is a way um, and there and there is a way and, and god is the way um, he is the truth and he is the light to to those dark places so please 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 be mindful of them all Brother mason 
Yes, sir. I, I would say uh, wrapping this up that uh, <clears throat> when you look at all of these sins, all of these uh, human conditions of, of, of men, uh, one of the things that I look at is that the Bible says that there's pleasure in sin for a season. Season. Uh, only reason we sin is because we love it. I never seen anybody sin who didn't like the sin that they was committing. And so when I look at this, uh, he says that their men have become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And I think what they don't understand is that uh, he even says, I think it's Psalm 16, 11 says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So if you really want pleasure like you've never had pleasure before, you'll only get those pleasures when you accept God or accept Jesus Christ as Savior. And then he'll give you all the pleasures that you need. Um, but we've got to get them there first. Uh, people need to know the difference between uh, the pleasures. Uh, pleasures that we have here on this earth are temporary. Uh, the pleasures that we get from God will be eternal. So Amen. I look, I look toward the eternal. Amen. <clears throat> Paul tells us <clears throat> tonight through Timothy that perilous times are going to come. <clears throat> he said, "No doubt about it; they shall come." Um, he said, "In the last days." See, Paul actually thought that the last days would be in his time frame. The last days started when Jesus left. Timothy was living in the last days. We're just closer to the last days than Timothy was at the time of his writing. Perilous times will come, but here's some good news. God will be here for his children in the midst of the perilous times. It's true. We need to make sure, as Mason said, the guy told the story to the young man. <clears throat> make sure that you're not getting ready, that you're already ready. If you're already ready, whatever comes won't bother you. Uh, Mason, how do you say that? Uh, when the disturbance comes, you won't be disturbed because you expected the disturbance, something like that. True. So whenever these, as you see, things continue to digress because they will. This world is just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And so as things continue to digress, continue to look to the hills from which come at your help. That does it for this episode of For Such a Time as This. We thank you for each and every one of you all that joined, tuned in, popped in, left a comment or whatever. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to us here on uh, my social media page, either one of the guys' social media page or our Facebook page, For Such a Time as This. Um, you can reach us on TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat. All the information is available to you. 
Again, we are grateful that you joined us. Next week, we're going to look at Romans 7, where Paul talks about when I would do good, evil is present with me. The good that I would, I do not. The evil that I would not do, that's what I find myself doing. We're going to talk about the struggle is real, but Paul gives us a cure for that struggle right before the chapter ends. Again, Brother Sam Miller, Reverend John Mason, I'm Reverend G. Lewis Timmer. We are the ministry of for such a time as this. God bless you. God keep you. May heaven smile upon you. Father, we thank you for yet another opportunity to come and to share another word on tonight. We thank you for what you, you have Lord. spoken to us and through us, dear God. We yes, ask sir. and pray that 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 we have said, dear God, was pleasing in your ears yes, and that it was a benefit to someone that listened on tonight. So God, we pray that you would just take us, use us, do with us what you would have us to do. We just want to be that voice crying in the wilderness, dear yes, God. Letting men, women, boys, and girls know that you are real, that you are the way, the truth, and the light. And as it is said, one day you're coming back. You said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. So God, we're just waiting on that day. But the signs are all around us that you are coming back. Pestilence, diverse diseases, dear God. Thank you, God. Earthquakes, dear God. Bless your name on tonight. Yes, uh, we love you. We lift you up. And God, again, thank you for this episode. This time we got to spend sharing your word. Until yes. the next time, God, we bless you. God, we thank you. Thank you. God, Lord. be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus Good night. Name. Amen. Good night. Amen. Good night. Amen.